liftoff and the clock has started. And welcome to That Pixel Life. This is episode 205, recording August 21st, 2022. Uh, my name is Zach Anderson, and this week we are going to all become embraced. Games are no longer being stranded. Uh, we're going to hit some Gamescom 2022 rumor mills, talk about what we've been playing. Justin has uh, magic geekery to discuss with us, and we're going to do all that and more. So. The triumphant return to do this, I have with me Shannon Mosquito Bait Moore. Hello. Yeah, I finally uh, I got over my COVID. I was able mm-hmm. to go on a little bit of a vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, went to Minnesota. It was amazing. I had a bat in my room the first night. That shit was crazy. <laughs> uh, was it was it bat shit crazy? <laughs> you could say it was. Like, dude. Yes. So, so. Um, my fiance and I and uh, my son, um, mm-hmm. we all had our own, we had our own little area and uh, my son had a cot and then we were sleeping in a, in a, like a actual bed. And there was like, it was in like one of those slanted um, like roofed houses. So yeah. we were laying in the bed and the, and we had this, we had this huge like skylight window, like right over our faces. And so there's like this sheet that you can pull down um, at night. So mm-hmm. that you can not get hit with sunlight in the morning, uh, like hella early. So we left that down because it was hot. And um, so we're it's like probably it's pitch black because we're out in on like the lake. There's no lights or anything. And we we feel like a thump on the bed, like boof. <laughs> and we're like, dude, what was that? And uh, my fiance was like, I don't know. It was on my side of the bed. And I was like, it sounded like it was on the roof. I don't know. And she was like, no, dude, it was on my side of the bed. I was like, okay, fine. So we're chilling for a minute, kind of listening. And then like, there's a small nightlight in the room. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden the nightlight is engulfed. Like it is black in our room all of a sudden. And oh, then geez. it's bright and then it's black and then it's bright. And I'm like, something's on the nightlight. And then we like run and flick on the light. And sure enough, there is a bat like a, I mean, it's, you know, probably not like a huge, like adult bat, but it was like a, an adolescent bat, I would mm-hmm. say. And it must have fallen out of the sheet that was chilling there. Like he must have flew in and was like, oh, it's too bright. I'm going to just sleep here for now. And then when it's dark, I'll take off. Fell out like in a daze, like hit the bed, bounced off the bed, fell on the floor and was just like crawling around in a daze. And then like went to the light source and just kind of hung out on it for a minute. And so we were like, holy crap. So like we ran and we grabbed a a T-shirt and then we threw it on there. And then it was all pissed off. And it was like, you know, chirping, Mm -hmm. chirping and squeaking and doing its thing. We ran outside and like threw it up in the air and then it was like gone, like poof, like it just like whooped around a couple times. It was gone. And that was like the first night. And I was like, man, I just got over COVID. The last thing I need is rabies. Like, right. please, <laughs> right. please be Good nice boy. to us. But yeah, um, other than that, I did get bit by a lot of mosquitoes. And I guess mm-hmm. they have these things out there called horseflies that bite too. Um, you know, me being from California, don't know any of these things, but those motherfuckers, they love to bite your ankles. Mm. Damn my ankles were swollen for days but yeah, yeah. yeah my, my understanding is the minnesotans uh consider the mosquito their state bird so <laughs> well you know when you have that many lakes you're gonna have a crap ton of mosquitoes yeah. 
So, uh, that's so a, yeah, that's an S load of standing water, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, also on the podcast, uh, which is unfortunate because, or which is fortunate, I should say, because, uh, he is going to talk a bunch of magic. So it would suck if he wasn't here. Uh, Justin, just buy one more game. Carter. Come I on, know Justin. it's your, it's your boy. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited. Shannon's here. How lucky is Shannon that his first night on vacation, he got to meet Robert Pattinson in his bedroom of all places. Yeah. <laughs> Turns on it was the light and he's flopping around everywhere. Pretty <laughs> underwhelming how he didn't sparkle, though. That's all I'm it saying. It was. I mean, you gotta pay extra. <laughs> sparkle. Ozzy Osbourne's like knocking on my door and he's like, you gonna eat that? Yeah. I, I got, I'll he's have the like, leftovers. DoorDash, I think, dropped this off at the wrong house. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised I could understand him. It was more like, <laughs> turn subtitles on. <laughs> Man, these cameos are just getting weirder and weirder. <laughs> <laughs> The cameos are slowly getting more and more outdated. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. So you, I, I saw you weren't happy when I, I told you that uh, Curse to Golf came out. Dude, it's just so many fucking indies, man. Like I, I'm in the middle of still playing Cult of the Lamb, and then you're mm-hmm. sitting here and drop the bombshell on me that Curse to Golf is out, and it's not even on Game Pass. I'm like, God damn it, dude! Well, like, uh, well, well, thing. we'll talk about. Uh, Maybe you shouldn't be so upset. But we'll oh no, it. we'll talk about it. <laughs> All right, I'm uh, excited to hear. Then, yeah, it's a uh, it's a game. Uh, we'll, we'll uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a game. Um, <laughs> so weeks, uh, we know Shannon was up to Justin. Any, anything momentous happened to you this week? Um. Well. Uh, for me, I was like, uh, sorry, it like froze for a second and then mm-hmm. it had to catch up really quick. But, um, well, unfortunately, so, uh, uh, Megan got let go from work. This no, week. Oh, I know. Man. you, you hate to see it. So you do. Uh, yeah, that, that is probably going to put a damper on us, uh, coming out in mm. October, unfortunately. Understandable but um but we'll be okay like it'll be fine and she'll find something newer and better it just for sure su- sucks because you know we both worked at the same place so you know i did enjoy you know working with her and stuff so it's always a bummer and you know especially because it wasn't for really any good reason it's more her boss was just a bitch that obviously they just did not get along and she just sure. threw her kind of under the bus as Saw an opportunity to get rid of her and did so. It's unfortunate. Uh, well, karma's a bitch. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you know, <laughs> she'll she'll get she'll get hers. You mm-hmm. know, For, mm-hmm. come come soon enough, she'll get fucking laid off or something. And it always comes back around. Well, please pass along our best to Megan. That's that sucks. I will. But, uh, yeah, for me, I did, uh, I was, I was in like hardcore training for my job all week and came out the other side with my certification, passed it, was pretty proud of myself. So that was good. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, came home, uh, Friday and promptly melted like my brains. It was, it was one of those, like, I got it all out, took the test and was like, (laughs) okay, I can just liquidate all these assets get this the hell out of my head so and then yeah. you went and watched the a's get slaughtered 
We did, but it was a fun night. <laughs> I mean, when you accept that your team sucks ass, like right from the get go, you don't get disappointed. So it was nice to like enjoy a nice night out. And it's like, oh, we got to see some hits. We got to see some plays. Kids had fun. Watch fireworks. It was good time. I mean, granted, most of the hits were by the other team, but it was still yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey. So I mean, it, fun, it, fun, fun fact. Uh, Justin, you don't know anything about sports, so let me walk you through this. <laughs> um, Lay it on me. So there's a player whose name is Juan Soto. He's an outfielder, and he got <laughs> traded from the Nationals to the Padres, right? Juan okay. Soto per year makes about $27 million per year to play baseball. Okay. Okay. I actually went and did this. The entirety, every player that played on the field for the A's Friday night, this includes, uh, three substitutes as far as, so you're up to, you're up to 11 fielders and four pitchers. So 15 players total. Total make under eleven million dollars. <laughs> wow! And that is why the A's suck ass <laughs> in will for a long time. Um, yeah, so they're like, "Shit, we got all these hot dogs. We got to sell. How are we going to do this? I don't know. Dollar hot dogs and like five dollar oh, tickets. Let's do they, this." They ain't doing that shit. No, they they're like, "No, oh, fuck you." Pay me money. Oh, that's right. They got that new stadium they're trying to build. <laughs> yeah, in Vegas. Like they're, they're, it, it's, <laughs> so it's literally, it's literally the plot from Major League. The Charlie Sheen vehicle we all know and love. Uh, it's it's The ownership is literally doing that of like, we're going to run this place into the fucking ground. We're going to cut all our payroll, make, the, make this the cheapest bare bones operation we can do. So they'll suck and lose and we can leave. And that's essentially exactly what they're doing it's it it, it'd be hilarious if it wasn't so soul crushingly sad you know why why does that one dude get paid so much more than everybody else is he just that good he's really good he's exceptional uh he's a world series champion he's won a batting title and he's like 23 so yeah he's he's, in his prime (laughs) he's arguably not even there yet you know like uh, his prime's probably three years away which is frightening but um but also he's not making insane money like that's that's kind of mid level for that tier of player like there's guys out there making like 40 a year you know like it's insane but when you can field an entire team including multiple positions and pitchers for less than half of what one guy <laughs> makes for a year <sighs> So just out of curiosity, uh, how many more years are the A's going to be in uh, Oakland before potentially moving? My guess is uh, if they don't get their other state, the stadium built in Oakland, which by by all accounts, we should know by like 2023, if it's mm-hmm. happened, like January 1st, 2023, which mm-hmm. we should know if it's happening or not. Uh, my guess is if they move to Vegas, it'll be probably like 2025. Okay. So, I mean, there's time for them to open, like there's time for them to field like open tryouts where you and I can try to get on the team and maybe just warm the bench and make a million dollars a year or something. I mean, maybe well, at base level 700,000. So maybe me and you can get on there. Hey, I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> why not? 
can't be worse than it. Half the dude, there we went to a game earlier. I'm sorry, I'm sidetracked. So we went to a game earlier. There was a pitcher on the mound. I had I I'm a person that pays attention to baseball in general, not just the A's, but to baseball. I never heard of this motherfucker. No. <laughs> Jesus, Shannon. What I just spit take Shannon. Um, <laughs> I just spit Shannon spit take real hard there for the Dude, audio people. Shannon, Sorry. Like, oh, um, but yeah, literally never heard of him. Not once. And like he's out there just giving up the ass left and right. Like just it's you know, it's a slaughterhouse. Guys are guys on the opposing team are running to the bat racks to get into the box to like try to, to get a hit off this guy because he's just throwing up fucking meatballs. And, and I'm sitting there and like, and it's hilarious because my son's next to me and he's like, who is this guy? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I've never heard of him before. He just, my eight-year-old looked me dead in the eyes. He goes, I don't think we want to know who he is. He sucks. It's <laughs> just like, oh my God. So, so here's my question. Like, I'm, I'm sorry for the, all the sports talk guys. I know yeah. this is not a, a, a sports podcast. This but, is not what you came here for, but, but here, here we are. I've seen a raise a rising trend over the past couple of years where like every once in a while and maybe more frequently because like the only time I really see it is when I walk into a restaurant and it's on the TV. But you have these guys that are just out there that are throwing maybe like 60 miles an hour on the mound and like that's seems pretty slow like for a fastball mm-hmm. like you know usually I I would you know they're up in the 90s, right? So like, are they just bringing people off of like third base and being like pitch because we don't want to use our good pitchers because we're getting skunked? Or is there like this new rule that says like a sucky pitcher has to pitch like one inning or something? I, I don't know. I've- yeah, usually it's like you're not you don't want to burn out your bullpen because it's, it's like, OK, this today sucked. Like we just got beat. Like even the best team in baseball. Sorry, again, sports talk. The best team in baseball is going to lose like 30 percent of their games. And some days you just get your head kicked in. Like it happens, it's baseball. And so but it's so knowing you have to play another game tomorrow, you're like, I'm not gonna burn out my pitchers when we're already getting our fucking teeth kicked in. So yeah, hey, our backup outfielder that I know can throw a little bit, like you get up there. Cause odds are like at the other team's trying to just get out of there too at that point. So they're just gonna go up there and swing. And who cares if they hit, they hit, if they don't, they don't. They're like, they're not going to work the count and do all that shit. Cause it's not a closed game. You know, it's just like, yeah, let's, let's get back on the plane boys. You know, like, so. Gotcha. All right, cool. Questions answered. Sports talks over moving on. Yeah. Justin's officially about to fall asleep. So Fan- uh, yeah. fantasy football like, for TPL. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning into that sports ball life. Uh, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Shannon brings up a good point. Last last eight, we're starting a fantasy football league. If anyone wants in, sh- shoot me a DM on Twitter uh, that Pixel Life, or drop your email in the Discord. Uh, we're up to I believe seven people right now. So if you want to get in on that action, we've got some open spots. Yeah. Um, and now we're done for reals. For realsies, <laughs> I'm sorry. For realsies, uh, you want to know what else is real? The Embracer Group. So, uh, was it Wario 64, I believe? Like, kind of randomly on a Monday night on Twitter, and it was like 11 o'clock at night Pacific, too. It wasn't, it wasn't like this was like normal news cycle type stuff. Announced the Embracer Group, which is, we know, has been like buying everything, like Gearbox and THQ Nordic and Dark Horse, and, uh, and they're the ones that bought a lot of the square Enix Western studios, like the ones that make Tomb Raider and all that stuff. 
Um, so they, they announced that they bought limited run games, which as we know, makes a lot of the, uh, physical editions of digital indies and stuff like that. Um, a karaoke company called Syntrix, a peripheral manufacturer, Geotech, uh, Tuxedo Labs, Tripwire Interactive, Tatsujin, Bitwave Games, um, and then also, and most curiously, they acquired the rights to Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit Creative IP, which covers the use of video games, films, and tabletop games. That last one, like, dumbfounded me. I'm sorry. Like, wait, they bought the Lord of the Rings? Like, the actual, like, IP of, like, the fucking Peter Jackson (laughs) Lord of the Rings is an Embracer group thing now? The books? Like, any new printings is the Embracer group? Like, the Embracer group's Lord of the Rings? What? What? Like, were you guys just as confused as I was by this? Well, you need something that's going to soak up your risky purchases, right? I mean, like, I mean, you have a steady cash flow there. People are always going to be reading The Lord of the Rings. There's always new people that are coming in to to the fold. Um, so I think it's a way to kind of make sure that they have money coming in regardless of what's coming out or how good the sales are for the games that they're publishing uh, and releasing. So I think it's, you know, it's it's a safety net. Um, and that's fine. It's odd. Um, and I'm surprised that they have the capital to do it. I would think that that would be a pretty hefty purchase. Oh yeah. It's gotta be in the billions. The number wasn't out there, but you got, it's gotta be in the billions. And also you bring up a good point. I hadn't considered that. It's like, this is your step. It's the Microsoft buying Minecraft thing Mm -hmm. where it's like, all it's going to do is make us money. Sure. It's a lot up front, but all it's going to do is make money. Um, the thing about that is I was just shocked. It was for sale. Like, why would someone let that go? That's the thing. I don't, I can't really wrap my head around. Well, mm. see, that's, what's like so weird about it is because, you know, we have the new Lord of the Rings show coming. So it's like someone already bought like, you know, the rights to that. So it's like, obviously I don't know if it's just like, you know, they're feeling generous with the IP right now or like chance that like, dude, they had to have spent like a fuck ton of money to acquire that. Like, oh, for especially sure. for like multiple avenues like that, like not just for video games, but like merchandise, like for like everything. That's pretty, that's like a pretty hefty investment that, you know, is, and once, you know, the show comes out, like all that merchandise and shit's going to start coming out for it at hot topic and whatever. So, you know, you know, the money's mm-hmm. going to be rolling in. Yeah, but I'm wondering if that is going to be written into the contract where, like, the previous owner of the property is going to get that money, and then they're basically getting everything after the release of the... after this run. Like, after this, like, that's when their, you know, profits basically kick in. So, I mean, it would... It, I don't know. It, it seems like there's a lot to hash out and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of information out there because I think it's in an, in the early acquisition stage. But it will be interesting to follow this as it continues to see where their stake like kicks in and where the previous owners lose their share. Because um, it was owned by... Wasn't it owned by Warner Brothers? Like, didn't they have it? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who owned it. 
uh, initially. Uh, and if you guys would like to continue on this conversation, all hell's breaking loose behind this door. So I'm going to mute myself for a second here. Okay, go for it. I, I want to say they own Warner Brothers owned it or something. I want to say like Gandalf was in like, isn't he in like in the metaverse game or something like that? Like, I want to say some somebody owned it. I'm looking it up right now. I know this is not the uh, the best. Uh, no, this is not the best uh, podcast I mean, uh, stuff. But, but uh, I also know the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies are on HBO Max. So someone mm-hmm. under the HBO umbrella does own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, either way, it's going. I mean, yeah, am, ambitious is what they say it is. Uh, I, I, I don't know how much money is left in this thing though. Like, I mean, what are you going to? What are you going to bring to this world that's going to make more money? I would assume just like games, like you know, either video games or it said it mentioned tabletop. Which I don't know. I mean, I know there does exist like a Lord of the Rings kind of like card tabletop kind of game that mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it's like hugely popular, but I think it's like popular within like the niche group of people that play it. Okay, so I found an article that shows how much money uh, it was. It was Warner Brothers that had it before. Okay. Um, how much money do you think all six of those companies acquired? How much do you think that that was? All six, like so, like total package. How much do you think they spent? I'm gonna say three point five billion. Okay, uh, Justin, you want to guess? You know, I'll I'll double it. I'll say six billion. So this article says that embrace embracer said that the likely total cost of acquiring the six businesses over a period of time is expected to be eight point two billion Swedish krona which is around 788 million US dollars. Wow, that seems way dude, cheap. That's nothing, dude. Like <laughs> that's like what? for all of that? Yeah. Like that was on damn, po- that's on Polygon. So I mean, it's not something it's not like a discredited um article, you know? I mean, they, like it's they, not They got it for less than 10 Batgirls? That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, you gotta be making money off of this. I mean, that you gotta assume that the Lord of the Rings was probably like the lion's share of that seven hundred and eighty-eight million. Oh, hundred percent. I guarantee but... it was probably seven hundred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like seven hundred and fifty. Yeah, it, it yeah. might be. To be honest, I mean, limited run games is a good name, but like, really, how much is that company worth when you take a look at their balance sheets and stuff like that? Who knows? They might have been in the red. I don't know, but. um yeah, and then and then everything else they bought is to bolster. They're starting a new breakout within Embracer called Free Mode, and which is going to be a, a division that essentially focuses on retro gaming. Um, so when you look at like Limited Run and Tassigen and a couple of these companies, like you, it's easy to draw the line of like, oh yeah, you're going to make all this retro stuff. That's what that's what you're here for, um, which is smart. I mean, there's a huge market for retro games and and all that and they're outside of the platform holders there isn't a company out there really serving that you know like people are when you look at the nintendo online service and and some of these like playstation classics sure they're serving up games from other companies but there's no third-party classics 
out there that are really working that angle. So I, I can see them trying to make that happen. That's obviously a business that is making platform holders money. So why wouldn't it make them? Mm-hmm. Um, that's wow. That's so much cheaper. I know. Right. Because I mean, to, to your earlier point, I think there's a ton where, I mean, if this rings of power thing hits like, bro, there's so much lore that they can just dive into and break out into movies and TV shows and books and fucking video games and everything else. You know, I mean, they, they can just keep mining that. Well, like the dwarves until a Balrog shows up and devours them all. You know, it, that's about the end of my Tolkien knowledge. I tried to <laughs> try to spin it out there, but I don't know how well it did. Um, so yeah, it, we will all be embraced. Apparently. I'm really sad. I'm really sad that I didn't name my cult, the embracer group. (laughs) It's the perfect cult name. And I'm really sad. I just whiffed on that. I whiffed. What did you name? What did you name your cult? I didn't name it anything. I just, it's still the cult of the lamb. (laughs) Uh, I'll be honest when it did it, I wasn't really paying that close of attention and didn't really realize what it was asking me. So I just was like, a, 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 the next thing I know I'm stuck with cold lamb and I'm like, damn it. I keep hoping I can like change it down the line, but I don't think I can. Yeah. I ended up choosing electronic arts for my. Nice. (laughs) I've wanted to do blizzard Activision, but it was too long and just doing blizzard didn't feel right. But electronic (laughs) arts fit just fine. So I was like, all right. I, I could have named it PC gaming, the cult of PC gaming. You know, there's uh, talking shit on console people. What it, what's funny is a shrimp fried Matt. He named his the cult of Sanic and he made all his disciples hedgehogs and oh, they're all blue nice. and they're all named Sanic. That's great. That's great. Uh, that's to be such a pain in the ass later in the game, though, when you need to find like particular cult members. Yeah, you're like running around like just like clicking a you're like, where is he? Like talk to someone to like redeem your reward. Um, speaking of uh, cult like behavior, can we talk about Death Stranding coming to Game Pass? Because that that was another thing that raised my eyebrows this week. Um, I mean, first off, that was a PlayStation exclusive, and then they brought it to PC. But this is the first former PlayStation exclusive coming to Game Pass that I can think of. Like. That seems like a big deal to me. It is. I'm assuming because I know doesn't isn't Kojima working on a new game with X? Is it Xbox? He, yes. Yeah, he is yeah. working on a new game with Microsoft. So yeah. it, like that kind of I guess if he's you know been welcomed into the family over there at Microsoft and stuff, like mm-hmm. it's not surprising. I guess it's more surprising to me that like Sony wouldn't have that. I don't know if the t- allotted time or whatever that it's like exclusive to Sony has like gone up now to where he can do that kind of stuff with it. Yeah. My, my guess is, it's probably you probably, that's a good point. My guess is that probably ran out when they released the PC version, yeah. but still, I mean, that's, that, that seems like a big get for Microsoft to actually get a Virginia game that was made for PlayStation. I don't know, Kojima bringing his products to Game Pass that were previously supposed to just be Sony exclusives seems like a big deal. 
Like it seems like a, a coup for for Microsoft in a sense. And and maybe Sony doesn't care because to Justin's point, like they they wrung all the positive exclusivity they were ever going to get out of it already. So maybe they just don't care anymore. But uh, court of public opinion, I think that that matters. I think it's cool. Shannon, do you have thoughts? I mean, I'm I'm kind of on the fence. Like I I, I agree with you guys. I kind of think that you know Sony's gotten their money out of it and it's not doing anything for them anymore, so they're happy to let it go. But I mm-hmm. think that opens the door for a lot more possibilities for Kojima Productions to go other places. You know, now they've set this precedent that they can go to Microsoft and they can go to the PC, and you know, there's no more reason for that exclusivity. Um, and I think that it's going to be better for people who like Kojima's style of games. Um, so good for him. I, I think he's going to make a lot more money, which is great because he's going to keep producing things that Robbie's going to play six or seven times on all the different platforms. So for sure, yeah. I mean, go for it. I, I mean, don't... also, I'll be honest. It coming to Game Pass, I might try it. I've been curious, but never forty to sixty dollars curious. You know, I was never curious on that game. I'll be Fair. honest with you. Fair. Um, another curiosity though. As we continue to move down the line, uh, apparently THQ Nordic is making a new South Park game, which I'm Great. wondering, and that's literally all they said is we're making a new South Park game. They didn't mention consoles or dates or times or what the game was or anything. So who the hell knows what that even means? But uh, I'm hoping it's another kind of RPG type thing because those two first two games were a lot of fun. I would take more of that. Yeah, I would I would like to because like, you know, they on the first one, it was more of like a traditional like turn based like uh, like I think it was three on three or four on four, whatever. And then the yeah. second one had more of like the the grid based. Right. If I remember correctly, it's. Been yeah, a while. Um, this one, I would love it if it was like more of like a like a top down, like tactics kind of thing, because it kind of seems like they're like going through all the different genres of like RPGs. Um, I think it would be pretty cool if they mixed it up a little bit more. Um, but. You know, the, those games are funny um, and they're like a lighthearted type of of RPG game that a lot of people can get into. Um, you know, I don't know if South Park is still in the zeitgeist with a lot of people, but I mean, it seems like it still has a pretty positive following. So I mm. mean, if it's still churning out high content, go for it. Yeah, I, I really liked uh, Stick of Truth because Stick of Truth played a lot like Paper Mario, which is, I think, why I liked Stick of Truth so much. And then you're right, then Fractured But Whole was a lot more kind of like Fire Emblem-ish where it's like the grid-based kind of moving around the board, positioning people and stuff. Um, If I had to pick for the third game, I would totally enjoy something that was very much like Child of Light where it has like the bar or but in terms of like who attacks and stuff they kind of go through the bar at different speeds and it'd be funny because like cartman's fat so he would move <laughs> a little slower through the bar and stuff and then you would like do stuff to like how manipulate like people's speeds and stuff and who could attack first and get off multiple hits and stuff like that and i know you know south park's been popular as ever i mean they have like the deal with hbo and then now they have all the specials and shit through paramount plus and stuff like that that they've been doing so you know, I'm I can, down for more South Park. I could see them totally doing like a Persona 5 type of battle system too. Mm-hmm. That would work. Uh, but I think I think uh, Stick of Truth was the better game between the two. It was just funnier. It was better. It was well, way better written. <laughs> so good. 
a stupid underwear gnome sequence. I mean, <laughs> oh, there, are days, there are days where I'll just sit and that'll pop into my head and I'll just be laughing to myself like a, like I just escaped a fucking asylum, you know, <laughs> and and it just it cracks me up every time, every time that stupid sequence cracks. And it's so juvenile. It's so mm-hmm. dumb, but it makes me laugh every time. The like the underpants gnomes area was great. And then my other favorite was the abortion clinic. <laughs> like Jesus. the abortion clinic boss yeah. fight was so yeah. funny. Funny is a word for it. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a word. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, we we should have learned from the last time. Let's move on before we get ourselves in trouble. Um, Justin, <laughs> magic things have happened this last week. Dude, magic and, things did happen this and, week, and I have been waiting all week to talk to you today so you could break down for me all of the magic goodness. Yeah, so uh, spoiler spoiler season has started for the new set that's coming out. I believe it's like end of September. It's like September twenty something. Like I think that it comes out, which is Dominaria United, which uh, they've been doing spoilers for and stuff. And it's you know pretty legit. We are going back and we're getting some Phyrexian stuff again um, which they started implementing phyrexian stuff in the last set but we're seeing way more of it now and stuff which for non-magic nerds is like stuff where you have to pay you can pay life instead of mana for the cost of certain things and it has the little phyrexian symbol and stuff so you can pay two life or pay that color of mana for that spell so they're bringing back phyrexian stuff they're bringing back the pain lands where you can tap it for colorless or tap it for like green or blue, but you pay one life and stuff. So they're bringing back the ping lands. Um, and then they, they're reprinting Liliana of the veil, which that's a big one. Um, so we're getting a reprint of that and we're getting Karn and stuff like what that. Is, what is that? What does that one do? Liliana, uh, Liliana of the veil is uh, the, she was from the original printing, I think was from original Innistrad. And she's three mana, comes in with three loyalty. Her plus one is each player discards a card. Her minus two is target player sacrifices a creature. And then her minus six is you separate all permanents, target player controls into two piles. And then that player sacrifices all permanents in the pile of their choice. And just so everyone knows, Justin did that right off the top of his head. <laughs> Not No reference material in front of him in any way and that was just one of the most impressive things i've seen in a long time shannon your thoughts on justin just being able to rattle that off like i mean we know that he is the magic savant of our uh, of our group here so <laughs> yeah. it does not surprise me that he was able to be like without a pause like I mean, no no breath. Like, <laughs> i mean I, I i recognize the same look in shannon's face that i i had on my own at the same time which is just like <laughs> God, I used to be able to do that. And at the same time, like, I'm so happy I can't do that anymore. Like, it was <laughs> it was a combination of both, you know? Yeah, also, well, the I, reason why our magic games take, like, three hours, because we're always reading the shit. And he's oh, like, yeah. 100%. Like, let me just like, tell you thanks. what it does. Explaining the card, I'm like, yeah, dude, I fucking know. Let's go. <laughs> um, but no, yes, I do love, I don't own that Liliana because it was expensive. And I know they reprinted it in, I think it was like Modern Masters or like one of those sets and stuff. It got reprinted, so the price went down. But I'm excited for it to be back in standard. It's a great cheap discard outlet and stuff. So with other cards like 
we've gotten a lot more like discard love and sack stuff so it's perfect for those decks so it's cool that it's coming back so when you see a card like that that you know is for basically just just removing cards and and making people get rid of shit do you kind of sigh of like frustration because you know that everybody's going to start building these decks that are just basically based around this card or removing cards from your hand or the playing field of your deck i mean i know that's kind of like part of the strategy of the game but it seems like this kind of ramps that up and it's more of a focus like are do you ever get frustrated with that like it's one of those things where when cards like that come into like standard and stuff you know like i wouldn't be surprised if because of something like that like mono black or like red black sack or whatever becomes popular again because of stuff like that but it's one of those things where it's like that shit like loses hard to hexproof and with stuff like leyline uh leyline not of the void god damn it but it's like leyline of whatever where it makes it so that you're hexproof so you can't be targeted that shuts down like all discard like you mm. cannot be targeted to do that anymore so people will just start putting that like that run white and stuff will just start putting that in the sideboard or whatever so it's like as the meta evolves and stuff you know it changes kind of like what's popular and what people sideboard to like hate against and stuff. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited for it. Like I know mill's been popular again, like they've been printing a lot of good mill stuff for blue. So that makes oh, me Oh, excited. you don't say you, yeah. you had a whole diatribe about that last week about how <laughs> you make decks that people hate. Yeah. <laughs> i know i was playing i was playing uh megan today and i got to take three extra turns in a row and she just started picking up her cards didn't say anything <laughs> was just done she's like oh you haven't started your extra turn yet i'm like my one of three i'm like no and she's like okay cool uh yeah i'm done <laughs> i was like all right cool like i'm glad glad that happened but um they also so wizards also came out and announced like the entire like next almost like two years of standard so we're getting dominaria this fall in september and then also in fall we're getting the brothers war which i don't remember who the two brothers isn't are. that urza and is that urza and and what's it from antiquities uh damn it shannon mm. uh, don't look at me <laughs> i don't know yeah, I haven't read the lore for that yet since Dominaria's the new hotness, but I, I don't know if it's Urza or not. I don't think it is. I want to say it's like, they, I thought one of them began with like a J, like it was like a J name, but I could be wrong. Um, but so we're getting the Brothers War and then this winter we're getting Phyrexia, all will be one. Which it's Urza and Mishra. Urza and Mishra, which are first introduced in Antiquities with like the Urza's workshops and Mishra or Mishra's workshop and the Urza's lands. I should have known Mishra. I use that a lot. Yep. Yep. Yes. And it's one of those like, I'm so proud of myself right now that I pulled that rabbit out of the hat. (laughs) I'm proud of you. That was like rattling off Liliana of the Veil's abilities. Impressive. Well, back when you had, if if I could walk down memory lane, if you'll, if you'll give me (laughs) just a minute here, Justin. Yes. If we want to talk annoying ass deck, Shannon will remember this deck. Um, I had a red and white deck called Power Surge. Uh, and Power Surge was a rare that has since been not printed and banned. Uh, that essentially let you... Um, I forget ex- exactly how it worked, but essentially was you could take any excess mana you had that 
had not been spent that turn and channel it to deal one point of damage to every player, uh, including yourself, right? So what I figured out is through the nuance of the stack, I would use the, the Urza's Lanes and the Mishra's Workshop to generate way more mana than I could use. And then at the end of your turn, I would use the Candelabra of Tanis to untap all of my stuff. To so so I would or no tap all of my land to untap all of yours. I forget I forget how the combination worked, but then like when it was my turn, uh I had a combination that let me untap everything again, retap it off to you do the power surge, and then you could cop red it for yourself. So you spent one of the mana to just make sure you didn't take anything, and then it was just like click, 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 okay, 20 points, I'm out. And it was, it was brutal. Like it was one of those things because you also couldn't block it. It was just one of those because the way the stack worked, mm-hmm. you couldn't block the damage in the, when, from when it came in as an instant. Dude, that sounds kind of like a, um, there was this red green deck that I built that I think it was even in standard, like, cause both of the pieces were in standard where there's this red dragon. It's two red, two, whatever for this four, four and its ability is that uh are you really talking about this about a shivan dragon and you're like two red two other four four <laughs> blah, blah. well like one so, of those yeah. classic cards in magic history so so it's this dragon and it's a so its ability though is when uh you don't lose like when you have red mana in your mana pool you don't mm-hmm. lose the red mana it just stays there oh, okay that's not a shivan um, dragon then yeah okay never mind, so never mind. it just so any floating red mana like does not disappear. Um, so the whole point of the deck though, so it's red green. So you have to have that dragon on the field and then you usually want one of them, but like two of them is insane. And there was this card called, um, it was like wilderness reclamation or whatever. And it was an enchantment that makes it. So at the end of your turn, you untap all your lands. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, there was another card that made it too that all your lands tapped for all colors. So all your lands, even green ones would be considered mountains. So then you could just tap every, at the end of your turn, just tap everything for red, everything untaps, untap everything for red, float a bunch of red mana. And then um, like use fling or something, just fling the creature. And then it like made it so that when it died, any like unspent red mana dealt like one damage or whatever. So then you could just fling the dragon and kill it and then hit someone for like 20 or 30 with like all the floating oh, mana that you had at the end of your turn when they can't do anything to stop you. That's pretty brutal. Uh, I at this point I don't know which worse is uh, the random sports ball talk or the <laughs> in depth Magic the Gathering geekery talk, but uh, we probably should roll it forward. Um, so right. your your overall, uh, Chad, it's like please, yes, God. Um, your overall vibe on their announcements, you you pumped, you excited? So overall, I am really excited. The most exciting thing that I saw was fall of next year. We're going back to Elderain in wilds of Eldorain, which uh was one of the most busted sets in standard i think it still holds the record to this day for the most bannings of cards in standard like ever like i think there was like six or seven cards that got banned out of that set while it was in standard because it just broke wow. the game so i'm excited for <laughs> it to come kinda, back 
to see I, what kind of wild shit they drop this yeah time. i wonder if they learned their lesson or not because it literally like multiple cards just broke the four it, i think it holds the record to this day like usually i think it was like before um like the 2000s or something like most bannings in standard i think there was like maybe like two or three and then Eldorain's like that's cute and then it was like seven it's like this is gone this is gone this is gone this is restricted fuck it so i'm excited for it nice nice um no, no not any hint on like you know how uh what was it was it kamigawa that had the rad art style for the lands or anything like any hint on art styles or anything like that yeah so uh dominaria the new set has new lands as well and uh here i'll throw i'll throw this if you scroll towards the bottom of the page you can see them but they kind of have these like stained glass kind of style looking full art lands that look really pretty so i i am excited for those they look really cool sweet well, um, you know, we were going to also do a little uh, Gamescom preview, but I think we'll just move that to a Gamescom review next week at this point. Yeah, and uh, just as a little bit of news before we move on to what we've mm-hmm. been playing, uh, wanted to let you guys know that uh, Pokemon has been uh, uh, dethroned as the um, uh, opening anime top grossing release. Uh, oh, really? Yes, uh, Dragon Ball. Uh, came out with a new movie. Dragon Ball Z came out with a new movie this week. Uh, Superhero. Ah, Fort- and, Fortnite's um, Dragon Ball. Yes. Well, don't get me started on that right now. Um, but yes, uh, so the the movie came out. Um, and so, uh, what was it? The original Pokemon movie, when it first came out, grossed $10.5 million on its opening weekend. Mm-hmm. The numbers are in. And Superhero grossed $10.8 million in its opening weekend. So congratulations to Dragon Ball Z. You still rock golf clap from justin that, that doesn't yes. seem like it's adjusted is that 10.5 adjusted <laughs> I, don't, I don't know dude i didn't read the article for adjusted income i'm just saying it's a lot easier to get 10.8 when tickets are 20 dollars a piece pokemon okay. came out 20 years ago bro like those tickets were like eight bucks you know don't hate on don't hate don't don't ruin I, it i'm not hating i was asking if the 10.5 was an adjusted number it's a very simple question give me the fucking w zach <laughs> i need it um <laughs> i do want to see it though i haven't seen it yet i haven't either and i want to um, I, I actually did see someone uh, uh one review for it that said it was a good jumping on point for dragon ball which had mm-hmm. me go like oh maybe i'll watch it then because i don't know shit about dragon ball you know but. Yeah, just uh, but yeah, just wanted to throw that in there. Good job, guys. You do. I'll probably I'll probably float it out there in front of the kids and see if they're interested. And then, I mean, I got all them. the DV. I got all the DVDs. If you just want to jump in anywhere, it's fine. I got all the. DVDs. No, not at all. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. Like, please don't. <laughs> all yeah. right. So what what have we been playing this week, guys? Uh, Zach, uh, you know, yeah. why, don't you, why don't you start us off? Okay, so uh, I, I've been uh, playing. My, I've been enjoying my Colt. My cult is very fun. Um, that's still the game I played more than anything this week. But Friday, I picked up a little game that I've been curious about for a while called Cursed to Golf. And essentially, it's a it was sold as a golf roguelike. Uh, you are a golf player or golf player. You are a golfer that is um, about to win a major tournament. Go down as the best golfer in all of history. And then right at your last swing, a lightning bolt hits you and you get sent into the afterlife. <laughs> and uh, 
you are met by a giant Scottish ghost who looks like he took a golf ball to the ribs and died, maybe. Um, and uh, he teaches you that, oh, you're you're in here. That means you're cursed to golf. Like you can get you can get out, you can get back to your life, but you got to go through eighteen holes, and uh, it ain't easy. And you learn that the golf holes in the underworld are not your standard golf. It's, it's, they're basically like mazes that have traps and all that stuff as you go through them. And you have a set amount of swings to do it. Every hole starts you at five, but you can break these little statues along the way to get like one more swing or four more swings um, as you move and you get cards. Now watch Justin wake up, you get cards and you can get packs of cards and the cards will allow you to adjust the game. So like, you might get one that's like time stop and you hit it and or play it. And then when you can hit a button while your ball's in the air and it'll just stop dead and fall straight, um, which is super convenient when you need it to go down a, a tunnel or something, you know, something like that. Um, you have ones that'll blow up all the TNT blocks on the, in a, in a certain area, you have ones that'll give you, you know, a practice shot. So you can try a shot before you actually do it without it counting against you, that sort of thing. Um, and it's, it's fun. It's good. Uh, you get money from winning holes to buy more cards and do all that type of stuff. So then, okay. It does the roguelike thing where if you die on a, uh, if you run out of uh, strokes to play, you, you lose and you have to start at the beginning and now the holes have all changed. Cause that's the other thing is like, every time you start a new run, it's all new golf holes, you know, like, hole one the second time is not going to be the same as hole one the first time and which is fine it's fine but also it's not a great golf game like i don't understand why they chose golf you get three clubs you have a wedge an iron and a driver and that's it and like the golf just seems to be kind of be the the means that they use it it's not like a great you don't get the vibe of like, yeah, I'm playing a kick-ass golf game ever. It's just one of those like, yeah, I'm figuring out a way to clumsily move through this level, I guess, you know. Um, and the camera is like super zoomed in on you. And you can hit on the switch. It's X and it'll like change the camera and that'll move. You can move it around the entire map so you can get a better idea of where you're going. But you can never really see in entirety where you need to go. So it makes it like, it's, it's obviously for the challenge, but it's, it makes it just more annoying than anything. <laughs> you know, it's one of those, like, I see where they're going, but God, it's just annoying. Um, it's just frustrating more often than not. And it gives you the little like tracer when you're trying to line up your shot of like, oh, this is where this is going to be the flight of the ball. But your camera is so zoomed in that like, this is going to be the flight of the ball for 10 feet. And I hope you figured it out past those 10 feet because you're not going to be able to see it. It just, it's, it's got to go. Um, so there's been a lot of times where I'll hit a wall that's sticking up from the ground or something that'll like totally screw up my shot or what I'm doing. And it's just because I couldn't see it. It just couldn't pan over there. And it's just frustrating. It really is. I mean, I'm sound like I'm being super down on it. It's fun. It's 20 bucks. It's a good, it's great music. The 2d art's really, really cool. I'm enjoying the game, but it's frustrating when the game that's there 
could have been just amazing. Like you can see it. You can see the the real crazy I can't put this down game that just gets in its own way way too much. It just, you know, they were so close. I think that's the thing that's killing me more than anything is when you play it, it's like, God, you guys were right there. You're right there. <laughs> you know, It's just like a design decision here, an execution here, there, and it just took it away from you. Um, so yeah, I, that's why I was saying, Justin, maybe, maybe don't, maybe don't. It's, I, I don't feel like it's like a have to play. I mean, to me, it sounds like you're saying it's going to give Cult of the Lamb run for the money for game of the year. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but if you want to talk Cult of the Lamb, though, uh, I'm having issues on my Switch. So w- first, I guess you ha- so you haven't said anything really about Cult. So where, mm-hmm. how far are you in Cult of the Lamb? I'm now day 43. Okay. Um, how, how many bosses I'm, have you beaten? I'm up to I I fought the second boss twice and lost twice. Okay, so you still need to beat the second boss. Then. Yeah. Okay. The the giant frog that sucks. That battle sucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I when I'm in my town now, it runs bad. Like it's chunky as hell. Like, and which sucks a lot when you're missing frames when you try to make food. Oh, and that that, going back that, and forth, and you just like cuckoo, 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 and it's like, I don't what. That has happened multiple times for me, and it happened when I was making like expensive like three star food. Mm-hmm. So I was even more upset <laughs> when I burnt like two of them because it was like it'd be going and then just freeze. So I had to yeah. learn to like wait. I'm like, wait for the hiccup and then it comes back. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, no, I'm not wasting this. Like I spent all this time growing this expensive ass shit just to throw it away. Oh, and the good like two second freeze every time the day ch- starts. I mean, two seconds is pretty generous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say it's more like four it, seconds. It really but, has me wanting to stop and pick it up on the pc and go because i'm assuming like so i know there's multiple like i've experienced as well multiple bugs and stuff like that i'm assuming it updates along the way that will help on the switch with certain things because i've encountered so let me tell you so i've encountered like exactly what you're talking about like when the day switches i do not like being in my village when the oh, day no. comes it's i don't even have that many people i have like i think maybe 14 15 followers yeah, right that's now. about what i have too yeah 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 like it fluctuates between like 10 and 15 or whatever mm-hmm. but it, like yeah it like when the day switches it chugs um i've had a couple times where um i went to do a sermon or not even a sermon i went to do a ritual and it just froze like in terms of it was just not even froze it just got animation locked where it's just the animation playing over and over but nothing was happening and i sat there for like a good like two minutes like waiting to see if it was something was ever going to happen and it didn't and then i just had to straight up like shut off the game and go back in and i lost like whatever like a little bit of progress or whatever and had to redo the sermon again but i had that happen the worst thing i had happen to me is i'm in the third door right now um and you are right the frog boss do not feel bad the frog boss also kicked my ass it took Mm -hmm. me about i think three maybe four times for me to beat him and it's only because i kept getting him down to if i hit him just like one or two more times he would have been dead and i got fucking greedy and the dark souls thing and it was just like 
fuck it and went in swinging had like half a heart left and got hit before i landed the last hit and so i it was brutal but in the (laughs) third area um i would be careful if and when you get to the third area because there's this one part it happened to me when i was knocking out the first section where i got into this room i cleared out all the enemies there was one enemy i don't know what happened that was now invisible and I could not hit him. I could not hit it. I could not kill it. And because that enemy's not dead, the doors are locked. So you can't mm. leave the room. And so I had to just sit there and let it keep hitting me until I died to oh, leave. Because there was no way for me to get... I mean, I probably could have just shut the game off and did whatever. But then I would have lost whatever yeah. progress i don't remember when it saved so i was like dude i don't know that's a high risk high reward i don't know what's gonna fucking happen when i reboot the game so i was like i'd rather just take the loss and then get whatever fucking resources i accumulated go back to my town and try again yeah i mean it speaks to the ultimate like god the switch hardware sucks it does yeah. like it's just so old at this point and i i had that same thing happen where uh I had one enemy, one of the little stabby dudes left in the room and I couldn't hit him. It was just, he was frozen in place. I think I killed him, but it didn't register that he died. So he was just stuck in an animation and I couldn't hit him. I could walk right through him, but the game also registered that he was still there. So it wouldn't open the doors. And I literally had to just reset because then I lost, you know, however many minutes of progress I had, accumulated at that point and it was just like god damn like it sucks because this this is absolutely high up on on a game of the year list for me i love this game i love it so much but the hardware is killing me it's it's got it's getting to the point where like the second this comes up on a sale on uh on steam or something i'm i'm in you know like i can't i can't do this shit anymore right get it on ps5 or something yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, it needs to run. I need this on something that can run it, you know? Well, I uh, I actually did buy Cult of the Lamb on the Switch <laughs> this week, so uh, get you're not filling me with confidence there, guys. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, don't buyer's get... remorse. No, it's, it's fantastic, Shannon. Like, it's such a good game. It's so good. Have you played it? No, so okay. like I downloaded it because basically what I'm trying to do is like I'm on uh, chapter seven of seven for Xenoblade, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just trying to get through the story components of that game while I still understand like the mechanics of it because you know they present some new things later on in the game to you know for like end game content. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to keep my memory there for that game before going on to this next one, but I figure I'll probably be on to it pretty soon. Um, and I'll be able to give it a try. I, I do like the fact that Justin responded, yeah, you should buy it. And then like, you just kind of like noped out of answering that question for me. <laughs> <laughs> because as much as we were complaining about, like, it's still a great game. Like yeah. I love it. And like, especially the later half of the game, like I like it even a lot more right now because it's hard in the beginning because you'll go out on runs and do whatever and then come back and your fucking cult is just in disarray like there's <laughs> shit everywhere it's, people it's, are it's the meme where the guy walks in the room all happy with the pizzas and the room's on yeah, fire it's, it's, it's like a community that. meme yeah. with donald glover standing there with the pizzas and everything's on fire 
That's exactly how it feels. You go out on a run, you come back, there's shit everywhere. Grandpa Boris is dead on the floor. <laughs> people are puking everywhere and starving. Like people are insinuating like that you're a false prophet and whatever, and they're gonna leave. Like it feels bad, and then you're like scared to go out on runs because then you're like, dude, I'm gonna come back to the shit show. Like I can't leave this place for fucking five minutes without coming back and everything's on fire. But once you get like you know toilets and like better homes so then people's fucking beds and shit aren't broken all the time and you're wasting a bunch of wood that was my problem was i had a lot of issues with not having enough wood for shit because i kept having to like rebuild everyone's beds and that's what i was using all my resources for and then i didn't have wood to like build like the other shit that i needed for my actual cult but then once you have those infrastructures in place like brainwashing is the best fucking thing that you can do. It is mm-hmm. amazing because when you brainwash the cult, it locks their faith in for two days. So no matter what happens, they could be starving. Like Grandpa Boris could be dead on the floor. It doesn't phase them, which is nice because <laughs> then you can go, you can brainwash them, go do your runs, do whatever, and know that when you come back, like you'll still be in good graces, which is is the best feeling not having to be like, oh shit, like I need to hurry with this run because like there's a dead body waiting for me back at camp and people are going to lose faith in me and what you don't have to worry about any of that, which makes it so much easier. And it only costs 12 mushrooms to do, which once you get your farm going, like it's so easy to just, I have, I think like 200 like mushrooms at this point. So like every time that cool down comes off for brainwash, I'm like, guess what? Brainwash again. (laughs) I'm like, I don't want to have to worry about faith ever again nice yeah and then mushrooms are super easy to grow and you get a ton of them and you'll get them in runs super easy and yeah it's 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 kind of a little bit of a cheat code for a while there and then and then you can do things like hey i want to go fishing i want to go like play some knuckle bones and you can leave without worrying about like coming back to complete chaos knuckle (laughs) bones is so much fun it is it's a good game um but yeah that's that's pretty much what i've been playing uh shannon how's how goes xenoblade it goes um it's it's well uh, dude the story itself is great um it is it tugs on the heartstrings it uh you're invested in the characters so you know when you get like pretty much into the meat and potatoes of the story it's uh you know there are some pretty like you know uh heartfelt moments and tense moments um the story is pretty trippy like i'm having like there are some parts where i have to like really be like okay let me just replay this again so like i can understand what's actually happening here but like you know there's you know there's a whole bunch going on i don't want to spoil it because i know there's some listeners uh, of ours that are playing it um but chapter five like there's seven chapters right chapter five I rolled into and started playing it. And I will tell you once I got like a quarter of the way into that chapter, it was like an hour long, like movie, like in the middle of this game. Like you're just basically watching people talk. There's a whole bunch of dialogue. There's some action that you can't control. Um, You know, there's more parts of the story. Like they progress like a month in like that one hour, like cutscene. And there's a lot of information there. So like if you just kind of speed your way through it, you're, you're going to miss a lot of the, the story. So I would say a lot of people need to stick with it. Um, but yeah, like before long, I knew it. I was in chapter six and then I rolled through chapter six pretty hard. I'm at like 65 hours right now. And I'm, you know, probably at the tail end of chapter six, starting chapter seven. So hopefully I'll wrap this up soon. Um, and, you know, it's solid. Uh 
there's, you know, like you were saying last week, you, you saw people on Twitter talking about like the pop in and pop out of like your crew and like the set having seven people on the screen at some one time is kind of crazy. There are some battles where like I've had to wait for the switch to catch up to me just wrecking whatever boss I was murdering at the time um, where I've just had to sit there for like a minute or two while everything, you know, settled down uh, and it would let me progress. So that was unfortunate. And there still is, you know, a bunch of graphical problems. I've had time to sit down and play it on the TV in like docked mode. It doesn't help the situation any. So, um, you know, that's kind of a bummer um, because I enjoy this game. I'm, you know, Nintendo said that this is the last one of the Xenoblade like franchise, like one, two, and three. Like this is the last one in that world. And then they're going to move on. So it'll be interesting to see what the next iteration of Xenoblade holds. Um, and yeah, it, it's a great game. So the only other thing besides Cult of Lamb, um, I've really tried not to look at Dragon Ball and Fortnite because that shit looks crazy and hella fun. Um, but at the same time, I know if I go into that, I want to just have all the characters and then I will pay for them and never use them again. Like I'll just have them. So yeah, I'm not playing Fortnite and I'm not trying to look at all the fun that everybody's having with the Dragon Ball characters because shit looks crazy. It's just you and John Wick and uh, like Chun-Li running around Kamehameha waving people everywhere. Dude, yeah, I've seen some crazy ass like things where like Goku has like his like Nimbus cloud that he flies on and he jumps off of that and then he throws like a Kamehameha blast and like kills somebody and then whips out a lightsaber and like stabs somebody else. And you're just like, dude, this game is so out of control right now. Um, but yeah, it's it's I mean, I'm glad so many people are having fun with it. And that Kamehameha wave is just so overpowered like it murders people and it looks like it's pretty easy to to keep it locked on to somebody once you throw it out so yeah it i think they'll nerf it pretty soon here but um yeah good on Fortnite, dude they're probably making hell of money right now uh justin what are you uh what are you playing this week um i've been playing but so besides cult of lamb i played i tried going back and playing some more of the uh turbo golf racing mm-hmm. and man let me tell you uh i was playing some of that yesterday i got first a couple times but dude it was so rough in terms of just like i was just t- like tanking so hard there were so many times where it's like i had first in the bag got it like right to the end and just choked like <laughs> hard like just like hit it in the complete opposite direction like end up getting fourth instead of first like my balls just sitting there next to the hole as i'm just dying <laughs> and it was like borderline embarrassing uh it was still a lot of fun and stuff but it was just like man it was one of those where i stepped away from it for i don't even know like a few days like a week and it's just i lost all muscle memory of apparently how to play (laughs) i think the other i think the other thing that's happening is other players are getting really good yeah like we were in there that first week and and i feel like we kind of wrapped our heads around what was happening pretty quick but then i think everyone else caught up to us yeah, now all those people from like Rocket League are like coming over because they hear this is like a Rocket League adjacent game and they're just like running in and wrecking people because like they have those physics down. But um, I played that game, um, I think 
a couple days before I left and I had a blast with that game. Uh, you know, maybe if you want to stop going to A's games to watch them lose, Zach, we can probably get some, you know, time together to, to, to play it. Dude. Well, you know, we we can see what that is. I, I would say more, but someone's vacuuming for, so give me a minute here. <laughs> Dude, it was so funny. Cause at first it sounded like Bob, the builders over at fucking Zach's house, like <laughs> taking all the screws out of his door. <laughs> Dude, I thought it was a hairdryer. I thought like somebody was like, somebody got their hair wet that wasn't supposed to get their hair wet. And then they're now they're, they're, you know, messing around and finding out. <laughs> oh, that actually probably is what happened. Uh, I remember in the screaming that people were, privy to earlier in this episode uh we're probably getting the aftermath of it so please uh you guys continue maybe maybe take us into spoiler territory and i'll, I'll yeah play I'll, join, I'll rejoin when it gets when it gets yeah well, i don't even need sirens because you know we <laughs> yeah, have I know, just sweet the sweet yeah sweet sweet sound of uh you know a shark running in the background i know you just got to pump up that audio for a little bit <laughs> oh hands down easy uh, <laughs> So yeah, let's let's go in the spoiler talk. Uh, so uh, Shannon, uh, did you watch She-Hulk this week? I did. Yeah, and what did you think of She-Hulk? Uh, um, so there, I, I, ha- I have some, I have some gripes. Uh, there okay. are there are some there are some really bad animation sequences with She-Hulk in there, like when she-hulk and Ray and smart hulk are fighting on the beach and they're doing the clap uh like the clap off um and she starts clapping that animation on her looks horrible um like i really was just like what are they doing there but um i do yeah I, i thought the animation there was bad there is i think the the rest of it looks better than like the trailer um and i think that I, I'd be interested to see how this show progresses, right? Because like the whole th- intro was just like a backstory on how she became a She-Hulk, which, you know, I thought was all right. Um, you know, Bruce bleeds and gets his blood into her because they are in a car accident. They never explained what happened with that ship, like why it was there, what its purpose was. It just, you know, it's delivering a message. Great. Like, why did it have to run your car off the road? Or, like, jump right down in front of your car. Like, what's going on? Um, I think the Hulk is, like, he's kind of... The way that they made him look in this, as far... Like, not, like, looks-wise, but, like, personality-wise, it's like he's suffering from PTSD. And, like, you know, he's trying to relive those glory days. Um, You know, he's like, oh, you're going to be a superhero now? She doesn't want to be a superhero. I get it. He's got, like, this whole training guide. You know, uh, so, you know, there are a lot of subtle differences with her experience as far as being able to shift back and forth between being She-Hulk and not. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I don't know who that supervillain was that, like, breaks into their court proceeding. I don't know why she broke into the court proceeding. I don't know if there's relevance there. Like, you know, Marvel usually does a pretty good job of tying things in. And with this being a longer series, it might you know show itself but i had no idea who that superhero was uh or supervillain was and i don't know how people would be able to go against her in court knowing that if like you know they piss her off she's just gonna rage out and like probably like throw a bench um but those were the things that were running through my head when i was watching it how about how about you justin did you like it so overall i thought it was all right so from what i've heard from I guess some people I want to say like IGN or something got to watch the first four episodes in advance and they said that it like really picks up 
across the four episodes and stuff. I do like the fact that they they knocked the entire um like origin story of She-Hulk, like whatever that she's already She-Hulk out in the first episode because you know we see a lot of that in a lot of the Disney Plus shows where it's like she doesn't become Miss Marvel or whatever until like the last episode or you know doesn't become like Captain America until the last episode. So the fact that episode 1 boom she's already she-hulk it's like awesome now we have eight more episodes where she's already she-hulk like we don't need to fucking worry about that anymore um it was funny that you brought up the beach scene and the animation there i thought the end like well not even so much that animation but like the models for both hulk and her i thought looked the best Mm -hmm. during the beach scene and i Mm -hmm. thought it, it looked questionable like everywhere else, like in the lab, especially like the lab scene with the two of them, I thought both Hulk and when she first transformed into She-Hulk when she was in the thing, they looked like, especially She-Hulk looked pretty fucking rough. I thought in comparison, like I, you could tell like the beach scene, I'm like, this is what they sunk the money into for mm-hmm. the trailer. Like, and a lot of those scenes are from that like beach scene and stuff with the train. I'm like, that's where they put the money in for the models and then kind of like, whatever they had left like spread it out through like the rest of episode one but overall i thought it was pretty good i like the humor in it in the fourth wall breaking Mm -hmm. and stuff the you know cap fucks like destroyed (laughs) me at the end for the post credit i really like that um so for the ship that you were talking about uh I, so i was talking about it with shrimp fried matt and my friend troy who's a big comic book nerd and stuff and they believe that the scar ship is trying to deliver a message to banner and it's going to introduce like baby hulk or scar or whatever like son of hulk it's going to do some like planet hulk kind of stuff like because in planet hulk he had a family and stuff and then the planet gets destroyed and it leads to world war hulk and whatever so i'm assuming that's kind of the setup that they're doing for that if i had to, if i had to guess that's what's kind of happening there um well and know. but they also could sorry i'm back now uh they also could tie that into the uh you know shang chi sending the signal out into space you know the ten rings reaching out into space like there's there's a couple ways they could go with it and and like i have a feeling the scar ship showing up was a setup not supposed to be an answer and think a question and answer at the same time. I, I have a feeling we were going, it could just be the grandmasters trying to get the Hulk back too, you mm. know, or something like that. So there's, there's a bunch of ways they can go with that. Uh, I don't feel like it, the way they've been doing these MCU shows, we might not get an answer to that during this season. Who knows? Um, I did like the fourth wall breaking a lot. I, I like how they basically were like, okay, straight up this is a lawyer show but we know that's not why you're here so let's show you why you're here okay great now let's get back to the lawyer show yeah and and i thought that was really funny i thought that was pretty pretty cute in reality um i like her as a character a lot um i like her explanation of how she can uh jesus what is going on with this recording um i uh i like her explanation of how she can like control her anger and change it will it's like, mm-hmm. cause I control my anger every single day more than you've done in your entire life. And I was like, wow, that is, that's some deep shit right there. And I like that. that. That was good. Um, and yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting though, when she, she changes for, for the first time and, and 
Bruce is really confused. He's like, you don't have two, two hands on the wheel. Like you don't, you, that's, that's just you. There's nothing else in there with you. Um, and I think that was funny how they were kind of, Bruce was basically jealous of her, that mm-hmm. it was like, this part was easy for her in a lot of ways. Um, I did enjoy after she throws the boulder, he throws the next one into space. I thought that was pretty <laughs> funny. Um, but yeah, all in all, a solid first episode. I thought it was really fun. I like this direction they're going with Miss Marvel and now this, where like these shows are fun. Like, yeah. let's not make them so dour. Let's not make them so serious. Like, Moon Knight was so serious. I love Moon Knight, but it was so serious. And Falcon and Winter Soldier was so heavy handed. And Loki and WandaVision just oh, so like oh, gloom and doom. And it's like, no, these are superheroes. Let's have fun with it like let's no it's not all gloom and doom some of this can kick ass so let's do that and and i'm enjoying it so do you think the hulk comes back or do you think this is just going to be she hulk centric i think i think that's the that's the last we see of bruce banner in this series i think that was the introduction let's get people on board people are watching it okay the tatiana show from here on out I like I wouldn't be surprised if we do see Bruce again at some point. Like I I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see like him as Hulk anymore, but just as Bruce, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him again just like for like maybe one episode or something like briefly. Or or maybe in the finale getting, you know, getting abducted to go back to Yeah, Scar like a post-credit or scene yeah, or something. Totally. Yeah. And it's funny that you brought up the like him being jealous of her being able to transform so easily. Like I did think that was funny and I get it, but it's like also at the same time, I feel like she was also kind of downplaying the fact that, you know, he's also spent most of his life being hunted for being the Hulk and being hated by fucking like millions of people for being the Hulk where she's not. And he's lived the, like the bad side of being the Hulk. And she's just getting like, all the good and he's trying to tell her like dude i've like spent the last like 30 years of my life like being fucking hated for being a monster <laughs> like yeah. i'm trying to help you <laughs> and and i feel i feel like they kind of got there towards the end of their time together where we, you know when they when they said their goodbyes i feel like she kind of finally got where he was coming from yeah and he was he wasn't just trying to like mansplain it to her he was like in, in this whole thing of like, you need to understand being regular angry is bad enough for humans. When you get regular angry, cities go away yeah. now. Like, the so you have to, like, yeah, comes after you. Yeah. You need to, you need to wrap your head around that. And I, I feel like, I feel like they got to a good mutual understanding there towards the end of their time together. But you're right. It was one of those, I don't. And, and to be fair, why would she, why would she think that? You know, like yeah, she wasn't she there. Would. She doesn't know. Yeah. So, but I, I solid. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in. I want to see more. Hey, you guys know what's dark as hell. And I had totally forgotten about that. Jessica Jones first season. <laughs> Holy shit. God, it's so good. It's so good. I, but love, I love season one of Jessica Jones it, so much. It's, it's so good, but it is not a fun watch. It, like man i'm going back through it and i was like having those moments of like oh god this is where this ha- Ooh. Mm. <laughs> man that sucks like yeah yeah i went through uh, i was going uh, uh my fiance and i uh were looking for something to watch after she hulk and um 
we went back into uh, Daredevil because she had never watched it. Uh, and, you know, it was that was before that was when Netflix had it before Marvel mm-hmm. got bought mm-hmm. out by Disney. And like that show is pretty violent. Like, I mean, oh, oh, not pretty violent. It is real violent. Yeah. And so and so she was like, oh, man. She, and I saw her like looking away a couple times in some of the fight scenes when like he snaps people's arms. Like we just watched like the third episode where the dude gets whacked in the bowling alley. Oh, yeah. uh, he gets his arm stuck in the machine and then like snapped. And she was like, yeah, that's that's rough. I can't I can't watch that. And I was like, well, <clears throat> I know I know Daredevil is coming out with a new series and like it's going to have like the Daredevil and I believe it's going to have the Punisher in it. So like, I don't know if you want to watch those two shows, you know, n- now that they're on Disney Plus, just to kind of get an idea of what these characters are about um, and who they are. And she was like, okay. And I was like, but, you know, the Punisher, if you thought Daredevil was bad, I don't think you're going to like the Punisher at all. And she was just like, well, she's like, well, we'll let's watch the first episode and we'll see what, we, what happens. And we got maybe like 45 minutes in. I think she's going to finish the first episode. But like, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't something that was uh, easily digestible. You know, well, yeah, so, it, in season one of Daredevil, fucking Kingpin makes a fruit smoothie with a dude's head using nothing but a car door. So. Yeah, uh, we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, we've actually just been introduced to the Kingpin. Like, you know, he's staring at the painting and, you know, the mm. lady's trying to tell him, like, you know, God, this is so a, good. you know, a so bunny good. in a snowstorm. Yeah. And I was that, just like, this dude plays the best Kingpin. Like, this is the best version of Kingpin you're going to see. He's the, and I mean, this is. This is the show called Daredevil, but Kingpin is the best character in that mm-hmm. entire show. He he has that like Vincent D'Onofrio plays him with that just borderline. You kind of get where he's coming from. You, you hate him, but you understand him. He goes too far, but you get how he got there. Like it, it it's he's not he's not like a killmonger. He's, he's not a villain where you stop and go like, wait, hold on. He might be right. Like, wait, can we back this up? Like, I think Killmonger makes a very good point. Like, can we can we talk about this for a second? Um, he's not one of those guys. He's like, no, he's bad. And you get what he's doing is bad. But when they do the whole back history of him and you get the significance of what that painting is and why he's enjoys, quote unquote, staring at it. It's like, ooh, hmm, hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so good. Uh I mean, with with bring back uh, who's the Daredevil actor? Charlie uh, Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox. Bring back Charlie Cox as Daredevil. I hope they bring back Mike Coulter as Luke Cage because his Luke Cage is so good. I want like I I honestly would be surprised if they didn't like even yeah. like Danny Rand. Like I know a lot of people did not like him as Iron Fist, but I don't actually really blame him for no, that. that. I'm just assuming it's how it was written. it's how how it was written and they gave him like a week to learn martial arts before they started shooting that fight choreography was so bad yeah especially when you especially when you have stuff like shang chi now in the mcu it's like i can't i can't look at iron fist and be like yeah that's acceptable i would really like them to bring him back as iron fist but it's like he's already iron fist and he's badass just bring him and luke cage back they're already established they're best fucking friends and they just kick ass together and it's heroes for hire like just do that I kind of don't know how you bring Jessica Jones back into the fold. I mean, I guess you could. There's always a way, but that shit gets so dark and so twisted. And it's one of those I could also see where they were just like, yeah, we're just not going to bring her back around. I don't (laughs) mm, the whole like Kilgrave thing. Like, mm, I don't. Yeah, maybe maybe this is just best. Not Mm -hmm. not opening that can of worms. Mm -hmm. But regardless, that Netflix MCU shit. Oof. 
ah, chef's kiss, like right up until Iron Fist anyway. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, you know, season, I think it was, there was three seasons of Daredevil, right? I think mm-hmm. the, the, the first and second seasons are pretty good. And I, I don't think I ever got around to watching the third one. So be interesting. It'll be, it'll be fun to go back down memory lane with these two properties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, She-Hulk's the only thing I've watched this week, so. Yep. Um, I watched the season finale for the rehearsal so hmm. it's it's done. Uh, it is getting a season two, which I'm incredibly excited about. And now that it's over, I'm like, dude, I want you both to watch it just because it's so <laughs> fucking insane. And it's like the finale. It ends it in such a good way that I just want you guys to watch it. It's, it's a great show. I'll put um, it on. I'll put it on the list because now yeah. it's basically just Daredevil, Punisher, and yeah. Put the rehearsal. Uh, yeah. I'll. You know. You can tell Zay like Nathan Fielder isn't breaking anybody's arms during the yeah. rehearsal, so yeah, no, no one's getting a little no easier to watch. Append- no one's getting appendages snapped. Uh, what yeah. platform is that on? Uh, HBO Max. Okay. Well, all right. Apparently, we have done it. Uh, yes. This has been a bigger episode than I thought it would be, but those mm-hmm. are usually the most fun. So, uh, Justin, why don't you, Justin with an I, take us in for a landing. (laughs) You know what, guys? Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the That Pigs Life podcast. You know, you want to join our little fantasy football league we got going on? Why don't you head on over to Discord? You know, we got a couple spots left on that bad boy. I know Mike Miller has joined. Shannon is going to partake. I, the biggest sports ball fan of all am going to be participating so if you would like or are interested in doing such a thing head on over give zach your email you know we'll get you signed up with our Mm -hmm. fantasy draft and uh you know what while you're at it why don't you head on over to spotify give your boys a review let us know how uh we're doing and uh zach if robbie was here what do you think robbie would say robbie would say hey guys go be great